past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant and you are going to be glad that you're here today because we have Deborah Feldman with us and Deborah has been on the show before but it's been a while and she always has just on point advice for how you can get out of the rut of applying to jobs and really stand out and speed up your job search by making connections and so Deborah, I'm really excited that you're here to join us today. And I'm so excited to be here and so pleased that you gave me this opportunity, Marie. Well, it's an opportunity for the people who are listening, whether they're career services providers or candidates, because really this is the... This is how it happens, right? You put in your write-up that this is how it happens. You have to have that connection to the hiring manager. And I know that there's a lot of talk right now about how referral programs may have some negatives, especially when it comes to hiring diversity. But all of the data says that referral programs are still alive and well, and companies prefer to hire people who were referred in. And so, our clients really have to be focused on making those connections. And I know that this is a big part of, of your practice because what you do is help individuals really make these connections, right? I do. It's called Network Purposely. And the whole premise is to do networking on a targeted basis in order to hone in on those most individuals who are most likely to be helpful and produce the job leads and at the same time be in a situation where there should be good interpersonal chemistry that will promote an ongoing solid relationship, not just a one-off, can you help me? Right, right. And and finding these people is oftentimes challenging for our clients. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And then we're going to talk a little bit about target companies, but I'll talk about that more in the second half of this of the show today too. So Deborah, tell us a little bit about what makes a high quality connection for a job seeker. Well, I think there's a couple of factors. One is that it should be someone that you have good interpersonal chemistry with, because if this is uh, someone who knows you, likes you, trusts you, they also will likely remember you. And if something comes to their attention when they haven't re- recently spoken to you, you, there's a better probability that they will remember you and reach out to you and say, hey, I'm so happy I had your contact. I, I just heard of something that might be good for you. Second part of qualifying a, high, a, a, a connection as better quality is who are their connections? What is their hiring authority? So individuals who have who manage a budget for the type of position you want, someone who knows the people who are in that position with hiring authority are the top targets for connecting with individuals that are most likely to be helpful in furthering your job search towards a happy landing. 
Right. And so that's our end goal is to be connecting to those people. And we might not be able to connect to them directly. So your point, your first point about that high interpersonal connection is imp- is important. And I don't know. I mean, I would imagine that we have to kiss some frogs per the cliche. That not everyone we meet, we're going to have a connection with. And, and so do you just recommend people try someone new? What do you do if you connect with someone and there doesn't seem to be that high interpersonal connection? I think you give it a couple of tries because, you know, you chose them for a reason. If it doesn't work out, it could be they're having an off day. It could be that it's not the best day for you to be speaking to someone. But I think that after a couple of tries, maybe three, and you still don't click or get a sense that they want, that are interested, you move on. If they're someone that you know can really be helpful to you or you really like them and would like to know more, then I think you return again in about a month or and, and try again. Yeah, and I've been talking to some people about how this time right now, this COVID time, has really made it more easier to connect with people. And so I think that that makes this, um, you know, we might be leery, but they're People are interested in connecting if we if we ask in a good way. So we'll talk about that a little bit more later, maybe too. But um, so, why is cheer- carefully choosing these contacts so important? Well, because first of all, you want to prepare for every connection that you make, for every conversation, and therefore you want to know that your preparation wasn't for naught. The second reason is that. Um, I think quality always beats quantity. If I, I think that if you choose a limited number of individuals, say 12 or 15, and really, you know, put your, your mind to having a quality conversation with them, it's more likely that they will refer you, they will recommend you, and as I said earlier, that they will remember who you are and what you do. So even if you haven't spoken to them in a, in a few days or a few weeks or maybe even a month, they'll still remember you when they see something that w- might interest you and they will initiate a call to you. While some people will say volume is important, tell everyone you know that everyone you meet, everyone you see, everyone you can think of, everyone you've ever met, that you're looking for work. The truth is not everyone can help you. And while, of course, there's always that chance that that odd person that you met in the elevator or the bus or at the train station or sitting next to you in an airplane could be helpful, you're much more likely to produce results and to have a long-term relationship with an individual who you share common interests. And those common interests are very often either people who are in the same industry as you, who are in the same field, who've had a similar role, who've worked at the same company, who've worked at a competitor company, who share an academic association with you, or somehow have a a social or a family tie rather than someone who's a complete stranger. Mm. Yeah, and, and of course, we've got our alumni feature on LinkedIn that we can use to connect with people who used to be an alumni from our school or someone who used to work for our company. So I'm, I've got a job seeker that I'm working with a little bit here and there, and they were talking to someone at their former company, well, their company now, but the other person had moved on. 
and that person had a great conversation and then they were talking to someone who's currently at their company and it w- was not a great conversation just because they didn't click. And and so I think what you're saying is that you look for those commonalities, you look for ways to make the connection, and that can really help the conversation. But it doesn't mean it's a, you know, a lock-in, that it will for sure be the, this great connection. Right. I think that very often when people hear the word target contact, they're thinking, this is the person who's going to help me find the, my next job at this company. And that's because the orientation is target companies. If we switch the emphasis around to target contacts, looking at this with a longer-term view of people who you're going to develop a relationship with, and they will carry over past the point where you're you're no longer looking for a job, but perhaps you're in between job searches, meaning you're currently working in a, in a job that you like, and you would want to keep up those connections even when you don't need a contact or a net, your network to find a job. Because mm. the truth is, now, companies don't offer their employees, even the most loyal of workers, any type of job security. And that means the way that each individual needs to create their own financial security their own sense of career growth by figuring out how are they going to navigate the lattice today or the matrix. They're not going to be pulled up in the corporate ladder by following in someone else's footsteps. And they can't expect that if they join a terrific company, right, when they start working for the first time, that if they mind their P's and Q's, that the company is going to take care of them and they're going to every 18 months be rewarded with more responsibility and a higher salary. It's up to each individual today to plan their own career and to make the connections both internal to their company as well as externally at other companies to in order to secure their future. Yeah, and this has become really big. Although there was some talk about maybe the new trend was mobility was up internally I'm seeing more and more talk about mobility being external, right? Mobility being to a new company. And if all of your networking is done inside your organization, you're really going to struggle with that. So this is really important for people to realize that it's it's not target company. As you're saying, it's target relationship. I don't know, target connection. Um, because even as those people move they're likely going to be moving around inside your industry and you'll be able to help each other as you both move around inside your industry. I think that's key, Marie, is that understanding this is a two-way relationship. And as some of the, as Bob Berg and some other people have written, really anticipate what someone's needs are and be prepared to make an offer of, of support before you, not only before they ask for your help, but also before you expect them to do anything to help you. So taking a long-term view, it's a matter of digging your well before you're thirsty. So today, even if you're not in job search mode, begin to formulate a plan to make the connections for when you do want to make a move because the way to change jobs today, as you said at the beginning of the show, is not by applying, not by submitting a resume, 
not by waiting for an employer, a, a recruiter to tag you or for you to approach a recruiter saying, help me find a job. It's very much an independent operator role that each of us needs to, to assume in order to navigate a career path. Yeah, and really managing those key relationships um, in our careers, just like we do in all other aspects of our lives. It may, you know, feel a little funny, but it's really the same. You've got these people in in your career that you can help and they can help you, and and we can build those long-term relationships just like we have in the other parts parts of our lives. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how you find these connections and, and manage them. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to the Career Confidant. And today we've been talking with Deborah Feldman from JobWiz. And Deborah, you help people network purposely. And I just, you know, this is such an important topic because people really, and this transactional idea of networking doesn't work. And tell me a little bit more about what you tell people when they're starting this process. What, how do they, how can they think about it differently? I think that is important, Marie, to think about networking as an investment, just as you do other relationships, as you mentioned earlier in in this broadcast, that in order for 
people to become comfortable and want to help you, they have to realize that you're that you're you've put a little bit of yourself in the relationship and you're willing to be patient and you're looking for ways to for it to be a two-way street by offering to help them and being prepared before you before you start a conversation to offer something that they may appreciate or they need so they don't feel that you've only contacted them and all you want to know is how can they help you find a job is there an opening at their company can they hire you for their team can they write a letter recommending you to someone they know right and really this is the art of building and maintaining relationships in general right in in a you're i mean we're talking about doing it strategically but these are strategic relationships but they're not short term relationships no, they have to. You, know, you want to develop over time, and you know it can be fun. Who doesn't want a new friend? Who doesn't want to share stories and and celebrate happy occasions with people? And your business network can be a part of that. Can be part of your professional life, and it can cross over to your personal life at a certain point after you get to know each other better and you trust each other. Right, and I think we think that, and maybe I don't, maybe this is just me, but I think sometimes we think, oh, that person, ha-, you know, they have enough friends, they're going to think I'm silly. But when we take a chance and reach out, we find that most people, well, I think the statistics say that, what was it? It was ridiculous. I think it was in the 70s that 70-something percent of Americans say they're lonely. So you look at this person and you think, you know, oh, they're going to think I'm silly. But if we realize that there's 70-something percent chance that they're lonely, it really, there is an opportunity for a win-win to build a long-term professional relationship with someone. Right, and that actually flows beautifully from something you said earlier, that during these times of the pandemic, people are isolated. And therefore, I think, in a sense, they're more open to having a conversation. They're not commuting. They may not be um, having the kind of informal relationships they're accustomed to around the water cooler at work. And therefore, if you can approach them with something that will be interesting or curious or funny, it gives them an incentive to spend a few minutes to hear what hear what you might have to what you have to say and to give you a chance to assess whether you're interested in getting to know them better as well. I would caution people, however, that while it is easier because people I think are more open to a conversation, it's also much more difficult to reach people because they're not ever sitting at their office desk and picking up their office phone number. There is no administrative assistant um, available to track someone down. And many, many people are using their personal cell phone, which is not a list, or not, it's either not listed or it's not easily accessible. And that has made it much more difficult to reach people by phone. And so you need to rely on other other means of communication to get their attention. 
Yeah, I've had more people contacting me through Facebook Messenger and LinkedIn Messenger. And uh, we've got to be a little bit careful there because not everyone is on LinkedIn every day or has their notifications turned on. But you may try other ways to connect with someone um, instead of email or phone, depending on the the situation. A lot of our university colleagues, same thing, they're not at their office phone. And so uh, they're still available by email, but you're not going to catch them if you're dialing, you know, the office phone that was in their email signature a year ago. It's not, it, it may not reach them. Although it seems like people have figured that out now to have forwardings and those types of things. But yeah, it's always thinking about what's the best way for the other person to connect and and what are some ways that I can ask them what's the best way to connect once we make that initial connection. So let's talk a little bit about where we source contacts. Oh, that's always very interesting. I think the most important thing is to think about people in terms of, of an industry or a field and what are their relationships in that respect. Do they belong to a professional or a trade association? Have they published any news articles? Are they mentioned or are they writing and authoring a blog? Um, who are the customers of the individual you might want to speak to? The vendors that are, that are providing services, consultants, whether for information systems or legal advice, perhaps investment banking, accounting firms, engineering advisors, even architects, they may know either an individual that you want to meet or they may be able to suggest to you that who, who, they're, who they know of in the industry you're targeting that is growing or looking for new talent. Also, yeah. you look at who are, the, who are the people presenting at, well, used to present at, who are the people are organizing conference, conferences, who's attending conferences, is there a list of professional members? Um, you said earlier, speaking to individuals that are former employees, previous coworkers, former classmates, um, even we can look at social relationships, um, in terms of their, in terms of neighbors or social activities, you really have to get creative. Don't just go to LinkedIn and search for people by job title or companies. Right, and that it's so interesting because I talk about it all this time all this time, but I run an association, so I think people sometimes think I just say it because I run an association. But I mean, really, my career has been just dependent on relationships I made through professional associations. And I I think people don't see the value that they could have in getting this kind of relationship started. I mean, you go to a conference, even a virtual conference. So I did a live last week on how to make a virtual conference successful for you as a networker. But there are so many opportunities and it's built in, right? You're already in a place where everyone in your industry who is also trying to build their network, because guess what? That's why they're there. And they're already there. So you can make those connections. And, and I, I just I don't I don't understand why it's so hard for people because it, it really has changed my life. But I that's where I would recommend people start. Right. I think other places to look are other social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, 
stack overflow, sub-slacks. And um, I'm not an expert at this, but I think you can find people that know how to enter the dark web and find even company directories and unpublished materials. Yeah, and you tell people not to stick to the published directories. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, because very often it could be a fake profile. It could be inaccurate information that no one has paid any attention to. It can be outdated information. And also, everyone else can get a hold of it. Whereas if you use some of my suggestions of talking to vendors and customers and trade association people and conference um, affiliations, you're going to be sourcing people that aren't the first people everyone else is talking to. Um, It's very easy also for people to ignore their email today, um, even to ignore messages, as you mentioned, on LinkedIn. Therefore, not only do you want to focus on the quality of your ask and the context in which you offer um, a chance to get together, but you want to make sure that it's going to be seen and that someone's going to be attracted to it and it's going to result in an opportunity to have a conversation because the goal is to have a conversation. And um, it's very easy to avoid that today and hide behind an email or an instant message. And so you want to say something that's compelling, something that's memorable, something that's remarkable, and that's for a cold introduction. It's a lot easier if you can get a third party to actually pick up that phone or write a message that that person, that's your target contact, is going to pay attention to and follow up. And that's why they talk about the strength of loose ties, because having a mutual contact very often is a much more efficient and effective way than just cold email, cold, cold introducing yourself to the to someone who you th- figure is a great contact because it's the hiring manager. Right, right. And you've talked about a few times the overlap between target companies and target contacts, and they are different. Talk a little bit about that. Well, if you're choosing target companies, you then have to drill down to who is the target contact in that company because companies don't hire people, individuals at the companies do. So in the end, what you do need are target connections. And people can stay in a... You can have a relationship long-term with individuals regardless of where they happen to be getting their their paycheck from at any one time. But if you only connect to someone based on their title, if they leave that job, you then have to make a new connection with someone who ha- who now has taken over that title. Yeah, yeah, and so those connections, maybe that's a way that you start thinking about uncovering target contacts is, is looking at some of the companies, but that's not, as you've said a couple of times, the long-term focus. The long-term focus is relationships of, of people that you can maintain throughout and then where they go and what companies they're in is, is irrelevant um, because they'll have contacts in different companies and you'll have contacts in different companies. And, and of course, the idea is that we'd be able to help each other out. So, 
what is the first step someone should take if they're wanting to get out of the reactive networking and get into the more purposeful networking? Where, where, do you, where would you say they should start? Oh, I think that's, that's a great question, Marie. I would say for individuals to say, what are my strengths? What do I, lo- what do, I do that's, that I do really well? And in addition, among those skills and talents and gifts, what do I like to do? And that would be the, the number one step. The second step is to say, what, what, what companies or what are the circumstances that create the challenges that I solve? And that then releases you from looking only at specific companies and the competitors to looking at where to look, looking at your your skills in a problem solving context and identifying wh- what the challenges are that you enjoy tackling and what gives rise to those particular challenges and then you use that as the basis or the jumping off point to say that's going to be the focus of my job search finding opportunities to work on the type of problems and solve the challenges that I know I'm, I'm good at. And from that, you build out to where do, what circumstances give, generate those particular problems, what, who, address, who, who are the individuals or who are the, what are the companies that address those particular problems, and then you know where you're going to focus your job search. Excellent. Well, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. We're going to say goodbye to Deborah. We're going to come back on The Career Confidant and talk a little bit more about finding target companies because I've had a few people reach out to me and say they're struggling with that. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll dive into that. Thank you so much, Deborah. And let people know where they can connect with you. What's the best way for people to connect with you? They can either find me on LinkedIn or connect with me directly on my through my website, which is jobwiz.com, J-O-B-W-H-I-Z.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, and we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we were talking with Deborah Feldman from JobWiz about how you can locate and build connection with individuals who are long-term going to be part of your career network. Your your job security is those relationships, and, and how do you build those, and how do you maintain them? And, you know, technology can really help us do this if we use it well and, and use it in a way that, that helps us. I, I know a lot of people have gotten off of Facebook, but I really like Facebook reminds you when people's birthdays are. LinkedIn does as well. Our challenge is to not fall into the, you, you know, the pool of everyone that's just wishing them happy birthday and make it more personal, make it more connective, and then use it as an opportunity, of course, to to deepen the connection, maintain the connection, because you can't just connect with someone once a year when it's their birthday and and have that be a networking relationship. So what are those opportunities to use that technology to really manage our connections and to stay in touch with people, um, you know, reacting to, commenting on, getting involved in their stories, helping them with their problems, as Deborah was saying at the very beginning, kind of anticipating those before they they might need it. And I have a story recently of someone who did this by watching LinkedIn. So they're watching LinkedIn, they're thinking about their target, in this case, it was a target company, and seeing what types of organizations are posting on something like LinkedIn and then who there is posting and, and who you might you interact with. And a lot of times it's the marketing folks that are posting in a place like this, but there was an opportunity where the company was posting something about a research project and it was actually more of the technical project management staff that was engaging on this post And so this person had an opportunity to respond back to that post and throw out an idea, start a conversation with someone about that. And that's what we're talking about is being aware, being connected to your industry and and or your target companies so that you can have opportunities to uncover connection, uncover mutual interest in in a topic and and see if there's an opportunity to build a relationship with that person. Um, this connection is now, you know, in contact with that person on a fairly regular basis, adding some insights to the project that's being done in a totally different part of the company and providing an opportunity for, for networking and long-term relationship building in the, the industry for this individual. So that type of relationship is what we're talking about and then you're finding those ways to continue the the connections now finding these individuals can start with finding some target companies that you'd like to work with or 
you know, kind of those key players within your industry, or if you're trying to change industries, some key players within a new industry. And one of the things that I think people struggle with when they think about target companies is that it seems like this is the end-all, be-all, you know, this list is it. And if I don't get it right, uh, you know, the world's going to implode. No, it really, it's really all about getting started and pick 10, 15, 20 companies you really want to research and, and connect more to and then start broadening and it's going to kind of naturally happen where a few companies are going to be like, nope, they're not a good fit. And then they'll lead to other companies that might be a good fit. So if you're really struggling with getting down a target list, just start writing down companies that are interesting and then let it flow. It's not about being perfect. It's not about having the right companies on there at the beginning. It's about starting to track and research and connect to these companies. What's going on, paying attention to their news, uh, you know, whether that's in your local business news or national business news or, you know, LinkedIn types of social news. You're starting to watch these target companies. You can start with your industry association list. So if you are one of the people I had reach out to me and say they were struggling with target list was a CPA. And some of the struggle with a position like an accountant, um, and I'm guessing this person didn't want to work in accounting firms anymore because it'd be pretty easy to come up with a list of accounting firms. But if you're wanting to work in a job and you could do your job anywhere, put that thought aside and here are some other ideas about how to get started with your list. One, you could start with this passion or problem idea, and Deborah kind of touched on this a little bit. What types of companies solve the types of problems that you want to help solve? Or what types of pro- companies need someone to solve the problems that you need that you solve? So if you're in accounting and you know you really want like to help with finance or accounting or accounts receivables, whatever your problem that you love to solve is, what types of companies need someone to solve that that problem? That's a way that you could think about it. It's a little bit um, abstract perhaps for some people, but it might connect you to that kind of purpose and passion drive if that's helpful. The other way you could do it is where does your expertise make the biggest impact? So if you've been working with clients that were in this type of field or with companies that were in that type of industry, your impact and experience is likely to be the most impactful in that similar industry. It's a faster move if you're you know, looking to make a transition, staying in the same industry is usually a faster move because you can communicate that value very concretely You were just doing it in the previous industry. If that's not helpful, you might think about geography. So get out that list of the largest companies or, you know, whatever it is, the places people love to work in your state, a geography based here. So really boiling it down to that. You could look at Google Maps and, you know, look at the companies in your your area. Um, You can go to the 
library web pages, call a reference librarian, I'm sure they're bored, and have them help you get the companies in your local area. You can sort them by size. You can sort them by industry. There's a lot of ways that you could find companies in a particular geography if you have a particular geographic focus. You can focus in by size. So if you want to work for a Forbes 500 company, great, go get the list. Forbes 100, great, go get the list. The the sizes, whatever, that may be size of employees, it might be, you know, annual revenue. There are so many ways that you could cut the cake, just choose away and start cutting so that you can start creating a list and start doing your research. Because then what will happen as you start to dive into these companies that you're starting to put on the list, you'll start to say, no, that wouldn't be a good fit because of X. Yes, that would be a good fit because of Y. And as you're making these decisions and making these discoveries, your target list will morph towards those that seem like they would be the best fit for you. Just get started. Think about companies that solve the problems you'd love to solve, that kind of passion problem company. Think about those industries where your experience makes the most sense. Think about geography, who's local if you are trying to stay local. I know a lot of companies are hiring remote, but there's still great benefits to working for a place that has an office in your geography if you're not moving and you know where you are, start there. And then start to do that research. Start to connect with the industry associations of whatever companies that you've got on your list and seek out opportunities to build those relationships. Use your social media to open doors, open your eyes to companies you might not have thought about or com- or contacts that you might not have thought about, but now they're posting about this or commenting on a target company's post about that. And don't forget that your network starts with the people that already know, like, and trust you. Start there. Um, you know, oftentimes we can be kind of attracted to the idea that I'm going to meet somebody new that I've never met before and they're going to change my whole life. And it really doesn't work that way. Um, You've got to start the relationships from the ground up for the new ones and get started doing that. But those people who are already in your network, make sure you don't forget that they know tons of people you don't know. And they're already built in to want to help you. And and so we've already got that two-way relationship with them. So you might sit down and really think about, before you even worry about target companies, who are those people that you've worked with before, that you stay in contact with, or that it seems like it was yesterday, even if it's been months since you talked to them last. And those people, especially in your professional sphere, those people that you used to, to work with or that you do work with and those people in your professional sphere and then, you know, also your personal sphere, those are the people that uh, you already have these relationships with and making sure that you're touching base with them, maintaining those relationships and getting introductions that they might be able to make first before we go out and, and 
try to win the lottery with a brand new connection. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about winning virtual networking how do you make these virtual networking events work for you? So if you're going to hop on my soapbox and and do some professional association events for yourself, how do you make those most successful? We'll talk about that when we get back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And we were talking about how to make some of these connections, right? How do you make some of these connections if you're wanting to add some new relationships to your professional network? And my (laughs) little soapbox is definitely in the camp of professional associations. Like I said, I would not not have had the opportunity to do... pretty much anything I've done in my career, if not for my involvement in professional associations. So I do think they're an under-tapped resource um, and would encourage you to figure out opportunities to get connected to yours, though they've increased, the opportunities have increased because everything's virtual and you can connect um, to national conferences you would have had to fly to and all those things before. And now you can do that all virtually. And what an opportunity. I know that we're all zoomed out and don't let that get in the way of you taking an advantage of a, a kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity because some of these associations will continue to have virtual options but they likely won't be the same um, because there are there is a big hunger for going back to in-person events and and so you have a limited window here where you will be accessible um, from anywhere in in the world to 
network virtually with people in your industry or your target industry. So if you're going to do it, let's do it well and make sure that you plan ahead. What do you want to learn? What do you want to know about? Who do you want to meet at this event? And you should be able to see the attendee list ahead of time or join whatever group or app or whatever they give you. And most events will provide some kind of opportunity for you to connect and see who's going to be there ahead of time. So see who's going to be there and plan not just what sessions you want to go to, but also who do you want to meet and how you can take some opportunity to do that. So the plan first and scheduling out the sessions in your calendar. Now, here's the thing I hear from a lot of people, and I hear this from a lot of people in in my industry, um, and because of my background, it always makes me pause. If you have to give something up to attend this event, it might be worth it. So here's the thing. If you might miss out on some business because you're going to go to this event, is that little piece of business that you could probably do the next week, is that a reason to not do something that might impact your career for the rest of your career? Because I got to tell you that in 2008, I went to my first industry conference and I was working at the conference. I was trying to write my resumes so that I could make the money I needed to be there. But seven years later, when I got the opportunity to do what I'm doing now, it was because I went to those conferences and no onesie twosie client project could even touch this opportunity. So we might be keeping ourselves in the same place, doing the same things over and over again because we think we can't give that up. But what would happen if you did and you pushed that project one week and you gave yourself a chance to open up a new door so if you're in, you know, an engineering career, it same thing. You're doing the same thing every day and doing the same thing over and over again, even doing it well and better, isn't going to change your position. You're going to have to do something different to change your position in life, in work, in the world. So there is opportunity cost for doing some of these things and it's not always going to pay off for sure. You might have a dud, but here are some things you can do to make sure you do as much as you can do to get the most out of it. Plan ahead, attend the sessions, attend the sessions live, be on video. If they give you the opportunity to be on video, have your face present, speak up, If there's an opportunity, ask questions, share your thoughts, use the chat, chat during the sessions. It's okay. In a webinar, if the chat is open, it means that the 
organizers, the speakers expect people to chat. In fact, good speakers will encourage you to use the chat and give you opportunities to use the chat because that's how you connect to other attendees. Chat directly one-to-one with other attendees, but know that that chat can be seen by the organizer, so (laughs) nothing off color in there. But chat, make connections, say hello, get people's emails, follow up, one-on-ones, build those relationships. Connect with the speakers. Thank the speakers. If you've got something that you want to talk to with the speaker, you know, say that. I love it. I love it when people say, oh, you know, I'd love to talk more about that idea or this idea. It can be a little overwhelming right after the, the conference, so follow up. I need like a week after a speaking engagement, then follow up and say, hey, Marie, we were going to talk about this. Can I get a time on your calendar? That's great. Take those opportunities to build relationships with other attendees and with the speakers. At my first conference in 2008, it was actually a speaker, trainer, full day session. So we got lots of opportunity to get to know this person who eventually seven years later gave me the opportunity that I got to be be doing what I'm doing today, training career service providers around the world. Because I connected, I stayed in contact, I recognized that that relationship was bigger than any other petty competition thing that sometimes can happen in industries and maintain those relationships. You never know what might happen when you put yourself in a new opportunity. What will you have to say no to to make that happen? And how will you make it worth it? The virtual events are out there. The virtual opportunities to connect are out there. Virtual one-on-one meetings, if you, you know, if you don't see any events, that's what Deborah was talking about, those one-on-one meetings. Find those opportunities. Make time in your calendar and your schedule to make it happen. Because getting out of your current day-to-day doldrums, <laughs> that's not the right word, but sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> but that's how we make something new come in our career, whether we're just looking for a new project, a new idea, a lateral opportunity, or you're looking to make a career change or take a step up, what's the new opportunity, the new experience that you can reach out and create for yourself? doesn't have to be huge. Maybe just a conversation, maybe just an industry event where you open some new doors to have some new experiences and take those steps that you want to take. I hope you'll take the opportunity to do that. We are looking forward to, you know, continuing our content here on the Career Confidant. If you have suggestions of other topics that we should cover, please reach out and let me know. Always love to get your suggestions. And you can connect with me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. Look forward to seeing you back here again next week on the Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.